right. How y'all doing today? Come on, y'all doing good today? Come on, let's give God a big hand. I'm excited to be here today. A lot of places I could be, but I get to be here with you, and I believe God is showing up. How many of y'all believe that God has shown up already in your life today, this morning? Y'all believe that? How many of y'all believe that it could get better? How many of y'all believe this is as good as it gets and let's just go home? Come on. No, no. Good. Good deal. Hey, we're kicking off a brand new series today, and um, it's, uh, it's in the book of Psalms. And don't worry, we're not going to cover all 150 today, but um, we'll get to that. But we're, the next five weeks, we've got five weeks, five Psalms, and we're going to take a look. Something I've really never done before. I've never taken actually um, Psalms and have walked through one time in all the decades that I've been preaching that I actually teach a Psalms. This is kind of fun for me. And um, we had trouble narrowing it down because there's too many choices, but we're going to be jumping into Psalm 2 today. And for those of you that have your Bibles or you follow along, you're going to want to go there. But first of all, I want to help you. How many of y'all know that Thanksgiving's coming? Y'all know you can feel it. I have my Thanksgiving shirt on and I look good. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but um, Thanksgiving's coming. So here, I want to give you just a little bit of trivia, something that will help you, something you want to maybe just bring up casually during, um, during dinner, you know, to impress people. How many of y'all like that, you know? Yeah. And so um, it just, I, you, know, you could just say, hey, I was just thinking the other day what the center, the, the middle verse in the whole Bible is. Do you, do you all know what the middle verse in the whole Bible is? You could just, you could ask people, that's it. Psalm 118, Psalm 118, verse 8. Psalm 118, verse 8. And here it, um, here it is. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Psalm 118, verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. How many of y'all believe that's a, good, that's a good verse? What would happen if we were to center our lives just like the whole Bible was centered, and say that I'm not going to trust in people, I'm going to trust in the Lord. No, I'm not going to trust him. I'm going to have my confidence, my hope, and everything I have is going to be in Jesus. We could change things. See, so that's at the center of the Psalms, that's what we're looking at here. Now, see, but see, like why we need to be reminded of the refuge of God and the trust of God is this is that I don't know if you know this or not, but we live in some pretty crazy times. Are you living in the same world I live in? I mean, it's, it's hopeless. It's crazy. There's racial tension, political divide. Um, I mean, there's, there's the whole sex trafficking, the whole sexual orientation, everything going on in the world, um, the whole pandemic deal. There's all this craziness and chaos going on. But how many of y'all know that can creep into our lives as believers and it can steal our hope? I don't know if you know this or not, but in Pittsburgh, and I love Pittsburgh. There's no place on the planet I'd rather be than Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's how much I love Jesus. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I just love Jesus so much. I love Pittsburgh so much. This is the place I want to be. But how many of y'all know there, there's a spirit in Pittsburgh? There's an overriding spirit in Pittsburgh of depression in loneliness and hopelessness. Now, I'm not speaking death. I've just lived here for over five decades. I get it. So I'm not speaking death, but I'm saying, but we as believers in Christ, we can overcome that through the word of God. That I go to God as my refuge, not to man. And I think some of us, we have looked to man to be our help rather than God be our help. Now listen, there's a couple things Jesus, Jesus 
did that we don't hear taught a lot. One is, is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's, that's Psalm 22. Actually, he, he quotes it when he's on the cross. He quotes Psalms when he's on the cross. As a matter of fact, if, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've never come to a place in your life that you haven't said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You probably haven't followed God too long. Because if that happened to Jesus, if he quoted that psalm, how many of you all know that there's a good chance we might have to quote that psalm? How many of you ever said, oh God, if it be your will, take this cup from me? Right? See, these aren't popular things that we talk to, but it goes back to the center of my life, is I need a refuge in God, and I need to go beyond. I need to go beyond that. So how can we, as believers in Jesus, have certainty in uncertain times? How can we have a confidence and a hope in Jesus Christ when craziness rules? I heard a statistic this week, blew me away, that in five to seven years, there's going to be more Christians, more followers of Jesus Christ in communist China than, than there will be in the United States of America. See, do you see what's happening? We're being drawn away. We're being drawn away, but I believe it starts with hopelessness. And, and, and we all battle hopelessness at some point in your life. I have. I've battled despair. I mean, I have. And, and I'm not just talking about Sunday night after the Steelers play. I'm talking about real despair. But I want to tell you today that we can overcome by the Word of God. We can overcome and we can have hope in the midst of chaos. We can be confident in the midst of chaos. I believe that with every ounce of my being that we can. So that's why we're going to take a look at this, these, these, these psalms here. And we're going to go to Psalm 2. So what are psalms? Psalms are worship hymns of Israel. They demonstrate a wide range of emotion. If you read psalms, I mean, it, it, I always say this. I say this all the time. That They start off like kind of like a, a Hallmark movie. All confused and messed up and wires getting crossed. And then somewhere, somewhere in the psalm, something begins to change and it all works out in the end. You know it's going to work out, but you got to go through the rough spot to get to the workout spot. But it's emotion, but it's about the glory of God. And they communicate theology, but they also communicate culture. See, when we sing songs, I believe that what we did this morning and we prayed for people and we worshiped God, I believe that we declared war. See, what we do is spiritual. How many of y'all know what we do is spiritual? But what you do Monday through Saturday is just as spiritual. You with me? What happens Monday through Saturday is just as spiritual as what happens here in 75, 90 minutes. And a group, a group during the week. But we need to realize this. And so in Psalm, in Psalm 2, what we see, it's a royal messianic psalm. So messianic, it's a fancy way of saying relating to or points to Jesus. So when people say messianic, that just means related to or points to Jesus. That's what messianic means. Now, this psalm happens to describe the rebellion of nations that oppose God and his anointed as king. 
So what happens when nations or people or rulers reject God, not so good things happen. So here we go. I'm going to start off with an outline. How many of y'all like outlines? How many of you are very orderly people? About two people. Okay, two of you, three, four. Okay, I know there's some more of you closet, you know, CS personalities, you know, like things in order. Come on, out there. So I'm going to give you this little outline. It's going to help you. In the first couple verses, there's the problem. And then the next couple verses are God's response. God's response. The problem is nations and people rebel against God. That's a problem. And in God's response, is, is he, we're reminded that he has a plan. Then our response is that we have a role to play. We have a role to play. And then at the end, what we see is an epilogue, and that's with God will have the final word. I believe that all creation is waiting, Romans 8, 19, creation is waiting for the revelation of sons and daughters. I believe that in the United States of America, and I believe in Pittsburgh, I believe in Brighton Heights, I believe in the world, that what the world and what all these different places are waiting for is people to rise up as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I believe that's what people are longing for. That's what people are crying out for. Where are the true sons and daughters of God? So here we go. That's the outline for you. That's going to help you. So let's start in verse 1, Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. How many of you are happy you're at church today? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm happy. How about you? Look at your neighbor. I'm happy. How about you? Okay. Even if you had to say it by faith. Okay. Good deal. So here we go. Here's the problem. Psalm 2. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Verse 3. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. In, on the world stage, injustice, racism, global turmoil, political issues, freedoms being taken away like crazy. Is this a picture of our culture or what? This is it. But this last verse here, I want you to focus just for a minute in there. People are raging against right now. They're trying to free themselves from slavery to God. We hear this all the time in our culture right now. People are trying to get free from those Christian people that have too many rules and regulations, that, that look at the Bible too dogmatically, that are so narrow-minded. And they're trying to free themselves from that slavery when in reality, we have the truth of how people can get free. Are you with me? And so people are getting, trying to get free from something that, wait a minute, why are you trying to get free from that? Because that's true freedom. See, this is, this is at the root. This is at the rebellion. This is what's happening here. See, in the New Testament, the phrase rulers is intrinsically connected to the terms authorities, principalities, thrones, and dominions. Now, bear with me here. This activity, this rule, I want you to see that Satan, the ruler of this age, Satan, the ruler of this age, I want you to think about that. The principality, these are all the verses. Now, if you look at that first one, I know many of you are going to look that up. Actually, that should be um, John 12, 31. 
John 12, 31. I'll save you emailing me later on this week, okay? Because you're going to look those up. Look how many times Satan is referred to as the ruler of this age, the principality. Are you, are you, see, see, these are intrinsically involved, and there's something, there's something bigger going on here. In any nation that is not open to the rule of God opens itself up to the ruler, uh, to, to, to have Satan as a ruler. The same is true for people. The same principle that's over nations applies to people. When you reject the rule of God, you open yourself up for the rule of Satan. Now, people say, is this going to be one of those messages about a demon under every rock? That used to be a common saying. Do you believe there's a demon under every rock? No, I believe there's two. Come on, somebody. No, no, no I'm not trying to make everything about, about the, like, the, the, the devil, and I don't want to get so focused on the devil, we forget about the victory. But I'm trying to show you something today. In this psalm, there's nations that are raging against God. But maybe, just maybe, it's not the political party you don't like that's the problem. Just maybe... There's a bigger picture of spiritual warfare that's going on that we can't see. See, just maybe this is the problem. It's demonic rulers and principalities. And people have lost hope. This is where many, many of us are. We've lost hope. We've lost trust. We lost a confidence in God because of the steady barrage of things just coming on us. And just when we think we're, things are going good, We'd go get gas in our car, and we realize how much it costs. Yeah. I mean, it's like in one minute we're happy, and the next minute we're just pumping gas, and we're, we're, we're filled with rage. We got praying the Spirit 10 minutes before we pull out the lot. Come on. Are you with me? Do you have cars? Come on. Yeah, see, that, but see, like all this craziness has happened. See, just maybe it's not just opposing people, but maybe there's a, there's a principality and spirits behind what's going on. And I think we underestimate this. See, we have some people that overestimate it, and they're so, they're so hyper-spiritual that they become no earthly good. Come on. Uh, have you ever seen the praise the Lord people? I got a flat tire. Praise the Lord. I got a stomach virus last week. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just praise the Lord. And he's like, no, I don't think you understood me. I was really sick. Oh, praise God. He's doing a work. You know, it's like, like, you know, like yeah. instantly somebody came to mind right there. Instantly you thought of somebody. Don't look around. Just look at me. You know, don't look around. Yeah. But, you know, but, but you see, some people become so hyper-spiritual Everything becomes like spiritual. But then there's the other part, the other part of people that they don't realize that something spiritual is going on. Hyper-spiritual people, they like to say, something's wrong. What is it? I don't know. That's not spiritual. You, you don't even have to be saved to see something's wrong. Somebody came to me this week, and they were going to correct me about something. They said, they brought up this stuff to me, and they were saying, this pastor, you said this? I go, yeah. Yeah, I go, well, well, what else do you got? And they said, nothing. I go, I got more than that. I mean, come on. 
No, see, what I'm trying to say is you become, we can become so hyper-spiritual that we, become, we, we, we swing too far there, but we kind of come back to the center that, yeah, there's something spiritual going on, but God has a response, I have a response, and together, God can have a final word. Are you with me? See, let, let, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12. Here we go. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the, what? Unseen. Everybody say unseen. unseen. World against mighty powers in this dark and against evil spirits in the heavenly. Yeah. See, there's this thing going on that's so big and there's principalities, I believe, over nations. I believe there's principalities over regions. I'm serious. But we don't see it because we're here all the time. If you look at Ezekiel, and I'm just going to fire these off at you, um, Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, Daniel 10, Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, Daniel 10, it speaks of different ruling principalities over areas. Like I said in Pittsburgh, we have, you know, we have, we have hopelessness, depression, a lot of things like that because it's so cloudy. I want to let you know that we are not the cloudiest place on, in the United States anymore. We're number f- five in cloudiest places. Come on, we're moving up. Come on. I believe that as we worship God, the clouds are going to move and the sun will come forward. Come on. I'm believing. Come on. <laughs> but like when we, we've traveled down to places and churches and we've been in places and churches and I'm like, I go to the pastor down south, southern Florida and I say, bro, how do you pastor here? The women are dressed so provocative and they're just they're dressed so sensual. And he's like, really? I'm like, you don't see it because you're here all the time. I mean, my God, I had to readjust my, my helmet of salvation when I come here. No, I'm serious because we get, we get involved in certain things and that becomes the norm rather than Jesus Christ being the norm. Are you with me? See, we get used to our demons. The problem is that some people actually like their demons. Because it creates, it creates a certain steadfastness about their lives. But there's this unseen world that's out there here. It's, it's, it, and God has called us to, to remove the shackles, to get people released. That's why he's called us here. And there's, there's this global peace where people want to be released from God. But we, but we, we need to go back to God's the one who releases it's God's word that's at stake. Are you with me? See, see we view sometimes the, the, the demonic realm as it's inside the coffee cup. And it's, it's inside the coffee cup. So it's inside there. And we, as long as we put a lid on it, we're okay. And every Halloween, we open it up just a little bit. And we let some of that demon stuff out. Because after all, a little bit don't hurt. And so we view it, it's all in here. And we're putting a lid on it. And that's where the demon stuff is. And we get to live out here. When in reality, we're in the cup. And the demonic role, role and world is swirling around us. And the enemy is trying to keep us with a lid on it. And what I'm trying to tell you is when you get a view of God and who he is, we can take the lid off and we're going to let some of Jesus on out and we're going to address the principalities and the powers that are swirling around us. Are you with me this morning? 
Come on. See, but we got to change our view of what's really happening here. We got to change our view of what this is all speaking to and how it works here. And there's a spirit of confusion. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, write that down, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're going to you're gonna get a lot of extra scripture. You're going to have to write them down. You're going to have to, you're gonna have to say, oh, oh, i gotta, I got to remember this one. The God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. See, that, that word for blinded means smokescreen. It means fog. And I want to tell you right now that Satan, the prince of this world, the unseen world, the demonic realm, is still trying to put a smoke screen in front of you and God. There's a smoke screen. Have you ever gotten smoke in your eyes? You just got to get out. You got to move. Am I right? There's a smoke screen. There's something preventing you from seeing God. There's, a, there's, there's, this, there's this, we're being blinded. So let me speak something to you. The devil is, is, is all about confusion and chaos. Am I, am I right? God is about order, joy, and peace. Can we agree on that? Am I right? Now, just maybe when you're living in confusion, that just maybe that's the prince of darkness working on your life. Now, I am all for counseling. I am all for getting help in every way, shape, or form. I want you to hear that from me publicly right now. But there are times in our lives where we just need to speak to the smoke screen and say, get back. This is what the Word of God says. People sometimes, they cling to their confusion and they cling to the chaos. And that's a sign that, they, that, 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 that Jesus is not ruling and reigning. That's a sign that Jesus doesn't have free reign. What we were praying for this morning was that Jesus would have free reign, that the smoke screen would go. And how does the smoke screen go? I believe by the wind of the Spirit. Are you with me now? We were singing songs today about revival. We were singing songs today about, I want to see something so big that only God could get credit for. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to be a part of. But we have to move back to confusion and flee from it and say confusion is not going to have a place in my life anymore. I am going to cling to what I do know. See, people, Christians, they come up with all kinds of crazy things. I, you know, I, don't, I just have a, you know, this kind of call or that kind of call. And it's, God's not in it at all. It's totally unbiblical. They say things unbiblical. And what I'm trying to say is we've got to go back to the Word of God. That's what the Psalms are teaching us. That's what the worship hymns are teaching us. We've got to turn off the station we've been listening to and go back to just filling our minds with the things of God. Is anybody with me now? That's what I'm talking about. That's what these Psalms are speaking to here. So here's God's response. God's response. Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. But the one who rules in heaven, what's he do? Laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on the holy mountain. You know, sometimes we're worried down here, and God's up in heaven thinking, really? He 
laughs, but it doesn't say God's just going to permit it. It says he's going to come back with his fury. Did you read that? God's going to come back in his fury. He scoffs. See, when I was, I was a young, young boy, my brothers, I have three older brothers, and they were, of course, when you have older brothers, they're older than you. Just making sure you're tracking me there, okay? And they were bigger than I was. And I used to love picking fights with my brother's friends who were really big, who were much bigger than me. Now it was very playful because, you know, I was just, I was a young kid in, in, in school age and I just liked wrestling, having fun. And, you know, I'm the kind of kid, you leave me alone, that's when the trouble starts. So I just like being with people. And I, and, and, and I, I have an IT anointing. I instigate trouble. That's what I do. I have an IT anointing. I'm the IT guy. I'm, I instigate trouble. That's what I do. And so I would instigate trouble with one of those big guys, and they would just start laughing at me. And they would just say, really? And I would just do it until I would go at them. And then they used to hold me at arm's length. Did you ever see the kid that just keeps trying to swing and just can't hit anything? Come on. I mean, that's what God's saying. It's like, really? That's all you got? That's what God's saying. Like, really? There's a story that Pastor Terry Nelson from Haiti does a lot of ministry if you really want to understand unseen spirits in demonic realms, you need to go to Haiti or even go to Liberia, West Africa, where Pastor Gary is right now, and, we should, you know, and, and we're praying for him. I've been in Liberia where people get, right now I'd be preaching, people literally get down on the floor and start slithering like snakes across the floor. And you just keep preaching, people will come and they'll get them and they'll take them in the back and take care of that. No big deal. That's just what happens when you preach the Word of God. In the United States, we're just more sophisticated. We don't slither, but we just sit. <laughs> well, he, Pastor Terry, they were doing a deliverance service. And I mean, and, 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 and there's all kinds of wickedness. I mean, major wickedness in Haiti. I believe it. I believe in the unseen realm. I really do. And um, there was a little girl, and she was school age. I, th I think he said she was eight, but I, I, either eight or ten, somewhere in there. And he came over and says, do you need help? And here's somebody manifesting, and she's speaking to the devil. And she goes, no worries, pastor. It's just the devil. No worries, pastor. It's just the devil. I got this. That little girl, whether she was eight or ten, she has more faith than some of us in this room right now. How many of y'all start seeing that? You'd be squealing like a little girl. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm being honest, but we don't, sometimes we don't have faith for stuff like that. We don't have faith to speak the word of God. We don't have faith and boldness in the word of God to be able to say, smoke screen, go in Jesus' name. Sometimes we just need to say, smoke screen, you're going to get out of here in Jesus' name. I'm going to be free in Jesus' name. See, that's what I'm talking about here. Hopelessness has to fade away. It has to go. See, anything moving me into faith, anything moving me into a realm of dependence on God, I believe that's God. Anything moving me away from, away from God's people in isolation, things that are moving me away from having to act in faith, that's not God. See, this is really simple. This is just basic Bible 101. That's what we see here. God's saying, I place my chosen here. That's what I've done here. God is in control. People ask me how I was doing this morning. He said, how are you doing? I answered like I always did. Excellent. 
And I told him, I, this is what I said this morning. I said, if I was doing any better, I'd have to pay more taxes. I'd have to pay, I'm serious. And they were joking with me. They said, you're going to pay more anyhow. I said, well, I might as well do it joyfully then. I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy over taxes. I'm not going to stand at the gas pump and say, oh, God, what am I going to do? Are we going to get the turkey this year? No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm serious. I'm being honest with you. See, these are things that creep into our lives, and spirits are allowed to creep into us rather than say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. God is in control. That's what we need to say. Now, our response, here we go. I'm switching gears, verses 7 through 9. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my, you are my, today I have become your, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Did you feel the shift? Did you, did, you, did you feel it? Like, okay, here's a problem. But then God says, I got this. And I was like, okay, ask me. I'm going to give the nations as your inheritance. Ask me. You know what the problem is? We're so busy asking for selfish things, we forget to ask for nations. Listen, and I'm all for prayer for myself. I, I'm all for, and I, I said openly, you want to pray for me? You want to believe God for blessing? Bring it on. I want all I can get. But I do that so that I can pray for something greater. I want to pray for something bigger. I want to believe God for something better and bigger. And, and, and it goes beyond me. Are you with me? I'm in the right place this morning. See, did you feel the shift there? We don't get off the hook we get to play a part. So what brings hope, peace, and confidence that we are sons and daughters of the Father in heaven? That's what he's saying. You can take away a lot of things from me. You can take away my health. You can take away my money. You can take away my car. You can take away my home. You can take all that, but you will never take from me that I am a child of the Most High God. And that is the highest thing that any of us could ever be in this life. I'm a child of God. God got this. He got me. And that's what's so important here. So Psalm 2, in verse 7, we see that we are sons and daughters. In verse 8, that he's given us authority. In the New Testament, it's called excusia, a fancy Greek word that means delegated authority. In delegated authority, and we have the authority to break curses and strongholds. We do. Over our region. We do. But I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes we don't act like it. See, Jesus said, ask of me. He didn't say, think of me. See, many people are thinking about it, but they're not asking. Do you know something happens when you say something? Like, I could sit here all day long and think, man, my wife is so beautiful. She's awesome. I could just be sitting here all day thinking about that. What, it, it don't, it, but how many of you know when I look at her, I say, baby, you are beautiful. You are awesome. How many of y'all know that something happened there? A couple of you go, oh, right? They see something happen. See, something happens when you go beyond thinking about it and you begin to say it. 
See, many people are caught up in thinking, and, and thinking isn't prayer. Thinking is meditating, which is a form of prayer, and is a form of the way we read the Psalms, but it's not when God says, ask, what do you think he means ask? Right, see, we're, we're thinking too much. Rather than saying it. That's why worship, when we come together to worship, you say, well, I don't have a good voice. Well, that's why we turn it up loud. I don't want to sing. Oh, yeah, no, you need to sing because something happens. When, see, when you begin singing those words, something happens. That's why you got to put it on real loud at home, real loud in the car, begin singing. Something happens when it comes out of your mouth. Right? When you confess the word of God, something happens. Are you with me this morning? See, you got, that's what he's saying. Ask of me. Speak it. I'm a child of God. And he's equipped me. He's equipped me to break strongholds. He's equipped me to do these things. The first century church in Acts chapter 4, when they were persecuted, they quoted this psalm. In Acts 4, 23, why did the nations rage? They quoted what? They quoted what they knew at that point was a psalm, spiritual hymns of Israel, right? And they quoted that. So what should you and I quote when things happen to us? The truth, the word of God. Not just be the little train who thinks you can. I think I can. I think I can. That'll get you so far. But when you start opening up the word of God, oh, you, you, don't, you go from just thinking about it to you can and you will. Because it becomes a spiritual thing. Are you? This is spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. Now, last week we had a great, great evening service at, at Greater Works Outreach. It was awesome. It had hundreds of people there. And, and, and people committed you know, to, the, to, the, to the one vision campaign. If you didn't have an opportunity to to fill a card out, you can still do that. We're gonna have the big reveal next week. We're gonna reveal how much we're gonna have. We're gonna be able to redo things right here in this auditorium, right here in this building. I'm so excited about it. Now, now I, want, I want you to know, when you fill out a card like this above and beyond your tithes and offerings, this is spiritual warfare. I thought it was about money. Oh, you missed the whole point. This is warfare against materialism ruling your life. Giving our tithes and offerings and giving, getting to a place in our life where we can give beyond is spiritual. It's saying, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for something greater. And I'm not just going to give up something. I'm going to believe God for something. That's why it's called a faith offering. And without faith, we can't please God. And a lot of people come and say, well, it's just about money. You missed the whole point. It's spiritual. This declared war. We declared war generationally. And I don't want you to miss out on opportunity for spiritual warfare. And I'll be just as passionate to beg and plead that you fast and pray in January when we do as much as you give and you experience God in your giving. Do you know that when we water baptize people, we declare war? Oh, wait, wait, it's interesting. People don't see giving as warfare, but they see baptism as warfare. Huh. 
Could it be that we're viewing these, that some activities that we do are carnal when really they're spiritual because we declare war that, that, that mammon and money and materialism will not rule my life? How many of you know that's war? Have you ever had these issues? Maybe you don't have any issues like that. Maybe this is just for me. How about men? Where's the men at? Do I have any men here today? Okay, yeah, just nudge the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a men's event next Sunday night. We're getting there. There's 99 men right now signed up to come. I don't want you to miss an opportunity. Guys, listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. I don't want you to miss an opportunity to declare war. This isn't about mission barbecue. This is about men getting together to declare war. That there's selfishness that wants to creep into our lives. Am I speaking to the right men in the group or am I just the only one? A real man has surrender and submission as his mantra. A real man has these things inside of him that says, wait a minute, I, I got to be a part of something bigger. I have a bigger role to play. And so, listen, yeah, I'm going to drive all the way across town and link arms with some men. And together, we're going to declare war and say that we're not just going to be good men. We're going to be good at being godly men. How many of you ladies would, 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 would enjoy the men of the church becoming like that? How many? Raise your hand, ladies. Would you, would you, yeah, that's right. You'd like that. Because that's really what I read earlier, Romans 8, 19. The world's waiting for the revelation of sons and daughters. So men, the world is waiting for the revelation of sons to rise up. And they're waiting for us to be the men of God. This means war. There's a war going on of the spiritual that's seeking to hold us back and stifle us. So no matter if it's baptism or dedicating our children or it's giving that declares war. That's what it does. Or whether it's a men's event, or whether it's worship, or whether I, I, I don't raise my hands. I just don't do that. Never say never. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say, I don't do crosses. I'm so glad Noah didn't say, I don't do boats. I'm so glad Peter said, don't do walking on the water. Hey, he tried and failed, but I, at least he got out the boat. Do you know anybody else that did that? Mm-mm. That's right. Are you with me now? See, we, these aren't activities. This is war. That's what we're declaring. When you go to connection group this week, you're warring in the spirit. You're warring against the, an enemy that wants to take you out that hates you, hates everything about you, and wants to destroy you. Whatever ticks the devil off, count me in. Are you with me? That's what this is about. So let's read the last couple verses. Now when you kings act wisely, be warned. This is the epilogue here. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But here it is, here it is, here it is. But what joy, everybody say joy. Joy. For all who take refuge in him. Yeah, take that devil. What joy 
Refuge means hope, confidence. It occurs 36 times in the Old Testament, 25 times in the book of Psalms. Confidence, hope, trust. Did I say it's easy? Never said that. But I do know this, there's a problem. And I do know this, God says he's in control. And I do know this, we have a responsibility. And I do know that God will have the last word. He will have the last word. And I cling to that. That's why whatever takes faith, whatever goes against my flesh, whatever fights against that, that's why I'm a defender of Jesus' church because he's coming back for his church, not for you as a person. He's coming back for us. That's why men today, men today, you're going to go back and you're going to sign up for that men's event because we're going to declare war together with all your brothers from from other campuses here. And we're going to have ourselves a good time. We're going to eat, and I'm going to share a word in my my heart for you. I believe something spiritual is going to happen. So what do I want you to do? Two things, two things. Here, two things, two things. In times of uncertainty, focus on what's clear. In times of uncertainty, focus on what's clear. Track me here. This has helped me so much. This has helped me so much in my life. When things get unstable, I go back to what I know. The enemy wants to put a confusion and fog over your life. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to No, I'm just telling you, whatever irritates him, count me in. And me becoming more like a son me becoming a man of God, me laying down my life for my wife, me serving in ways that hurt, and me becoming the man, and I want to be involved. Are you with me? Are you with me? Listen, I don't know about my finances, but God does. God got this. I don't know what's going on politically right now, but I know God got this. God is in control. Are you with me? You're hurt and offended, God's going to get me through. You want to hide and isolate, you run to God. Are you with me? Stand real quick to your feet. I'm going to give you one more point, one more thing that's going to help you. Does that help you in times of uncertainty? Focus on what's clear. Does that help you? I'm going to give you one more thing to help you. Let's stop fighting for victory, and let's fight from a place of victory. A lot of the things we're fighting for, God's already given us. What I mean by that is we got prayer, we got worship, and we got the Word. We got it. Are you with me? So a lot of times we're fighting for things that Jesus already gave to us. That'd be like you already have health care benefits, but you drive downtown, go into UPMC and say, I want some benefits. And you already got them. I want my benefits. You already have them. Who's paying for them? They're already paid for. They're free. They're yours. You'd look pretty silly, wouldn't you? We're fighting for things that God has already given us. And we have a victory. So right now, let's just stretch out our hands to God. Was anything helpful to you today? Come on, just raise your Heavenly Father, I pray for these great group of people. I pray that these words are going to bear fruit in their life, Lord God. That this psalm is going to ring in, from straight from heaven to earth and back again, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for every man, woman, and every child downstairs, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord God, that there's going to be a move of God in this house. That there's going to be a move of the Spirit of God. 
starting today in every connection group, next week in the men's event. Lord God, as we reveal that number next week, there's going to be a declaration in the heavenlies that we are committed to your purposes, Father. So God, I pray a blessing upon everybody here in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you do not have a day, a moment, or a time where Jesus Christ has become the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, you came to the right place because that's why God put Bridge City Church on this planet. To make heaven bigger and hell smaller. And if you're here today and you do not know for certain where you would spend eternity, you can know for certain because of what Jesus Christ has already done for you on the cross. But you have to ask him to forgive you. Jesus, be my forgiver. And now Jesus, be my leader. And if you'll do that, God, God's going to lead you in your life. You can walk from death to life, from darkness into the light. It's a great deal. Are you with me? So if that's you here today, if that's you here today, I want you just to just do something really simple. It's really simple. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. don't have to say anything. But I just want you just to lift up your hand, and I'm going to pray for you right from your arm. Anybody here today, I can't close without asking. Anybody here today, just slip up your hand if that's you today. Say, ah, I don't have a day. I don't have a time. I don't have a moment. Anybody here today? Anybody at all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now let's agree. One more thing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you. There's going to be somebody that's going to come to you and talk to you. They're just going to pray for you. They're going to seal the deal. They're going to pray for you today and believe God today in Jesus' name. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this great opportunity, Lord. God, I pray, Father, for this great group. Lord, God, I pray, Father, that next week there's going to be a lot of people that respond to that call to salvation, Lord. Thank you, God for allowing us to serve you and be counted as yours. In the name of, amen. You may be seated real quick. Sam's going to come up and close us up in Jesus' name. Thanks so much.